Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Sea darkness covers the earth. We see in that this week. Thick darkness over the people. But the Lord rises upon you. His glory appears over you. The same word which God gave the people of Israel, God is giving to the people of Europe right now. Arise and shine. This is an, abs- this is an absolute opportunity for the church of the living God to arise and shine. We're not going to duck out of this one. This is time for us to arise and shine. When I saw those Christians kneeling as rockets came down, kneeling in Parliament Square, they are shining the light of Christ and giving hope to millions. I was so encouraged, Chantelle and I were so encouraged on Wednesday to see 60 people here for our prayer gathering midday. I was 12.30, sorry, on a Wednesday. And I'm believing for 100 people to gather. I want to be known as a church who loves to pray. And so if you can come out on a Wednesday for 30 minutes, there is no other thing I'd rather do. If you can bring your lunch with you, eat it on the way. We're going to seek God. We're going to continue to pray. Join us on YouTube if you can join remotely. So I said last week I want to be known as a church of two things. Number one, a church that helps people. And number two, a church that prays. And I think this crisis is bringing this into the spotlight. And I had a completely different message planned for today. And then on Friday... God said, if you want to be known as a church that prays, then we need to teach the church to pray. And I heard so many people say, God, I don't know how to pray right now. I feel so helpless. And so in distressing times, how do we pray? I want to teach, and the message title today is called, God, I Don't Know How to Pray. Now, this isn't a new message title because... The disciples came to Jesus in Luke chapter 11, and when Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he'd finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And remember, the disciples were under Roman occupation. Just as the Ukrainians find themselves under foreign occupation, when the disciples came to Jesus, they were facing the same thing. They were being tortured for being Christians. They were being beaten. And in a crisis, a world crisis or in an individual crisis, the Bible teaches us five specific ways to pray. So whether you're in a crisis or our world is in a crisis, the Bible is clear on five specific ways to pray. And I want to teach us these ways to pray because this week we're going to need these, these ways. Number one is this. Encourage you to take notes, write it down in the back of your Bible, write it on, a, on your phone, but just keep an eye on these. Is number one, choose persistent prayer over impulsive prayer. The Bible clearly teaches about persistent prayer. Oh Lord, the God of my salvation, I cried out, cried out by day and in the night before you. Acts 1.14, these all with one mind continually devoting themselves to prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, Pray without ceasing. Do you know that God needs our prayers right now? 
He wants to use our prayers to accomplish what he wants to do. Now, praying impulsive and persistent prayers are very different. I want to just share and unpack this a little bit. If we only care about something, to pray about it once, do we really care about it? So again, if we only care about something to pray about it once, do we really care about it? So then I had a question I kind of posed to God. God, why do you allow us to keep praying about something? This is what I felt he said. God wants us to establish what's really important in our lives and what's just a whim. When I go to the store with my kids, we're in Sainsbury's recently, and to get to the fruit, you've got to go through the toys, apparently. And we walk through the toy aisles, and if you're, if you're a young parent, this is what I hear from my children. Daddy, I need that. And then my daughter pointed at this teddy. She said, Daddy, I've wanted that my whole life. <laughs> She's 10. And then Justice will pipe up. He says, Daddy, I won't be able to live without this. <laughs> then they go home, and they never say another word. We've been watching... A movie, in fact, we've watched it twice over the last few days, called Miracles from Heaven on Amazon, produced by T.D. Jakes. It's about a little girl who had a miracle from an incurable disease. If you haven't watched it, it's definitely one to watch with the family. And in the middle of this movie, this little girl is given a gold necklace with a cross as she fights this battle. Ever since Miracle watched that a couple of weeks ago, every day she's been persistently saying, Daddy... When are you getting me a gold necklace with a cross? And it's got me thinking. And I think God is saying, if we really don't care about praying about it more than once, do we really care about it? Impulsive and persistent prayer. Whatever you care enough about in life, pray about it consistently. Say that again, whatever you care about, enough in life, pray about it persistently. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. But I know some of us are listening to that and saying, I get that, but I have been praying persistently. What about all my unanswered prayers that I've been praying about persistently? Is there anyone else who can kind of... God has all of eternity to fulfill his promises in our life. When I look at my mortgage, I made a promise to the bank. And that promise could take up to 30 years. God is not limited to the space and time on earth to fulfill his promises in our life. God is not like a microwave. Prayer in, miracle out. God's promises take time. And the best food does not come out of a microwave. It comes out of an oven. An oven. When you go to Tesco's and you pick up a 
microwave meal and you sling it in the microwave for three minutes, there is no love in the food. There is no taste in the food. There is no texture in the food. It is cheap and very cheerful. But when Chantel or my family have been working hard and cooking a meal for six, seven, eight hours, the roast is in the oven and it begins to smell. You can smell the meal on the way. Some of you, you gotta be persistent. You gotta keep cooking your miracle. You gotta keep praying. You gotta turn the heat up. You gotta keep preparing it because God is gonna do something in your life, but we cannot treat God like a microwave. This week, I want us to commit to persistently praying for this crisis. So to help us to do that, just pass me your phone, Sharon. I promise you I won't do anything. <laughs> promise. Who uses their phone as their alarm clock now? Just give us a wave. All right. I want you to pull your phone out of your pocket. It's the only time I'm ever going to ask you to do it in church, all right? Don't you dare check your Instagram. God is watching. You will lose a 1,000 followers if you look at your Instagram right now, in Jesus' name. Some of you ain't got a thousand. You're going to be minus 300. You're going to have to get friends to bring you back into the black. Anyway. I want you to, everyone to set your alarm for 12.30 every day. 12.30. Why 12.30? Chantel's idea. <clears throat> Nothing spiritual about it. Okay, don't go looking up the numbers. 12.30. And for one minute, I'm going to ask our church... We're going to set our alarm. The reason we're going to set our alarm is just to help us, doesn't it? I want us to set our alarm. But you, you say, well, I, I'm in school. Go to the bathroom. You desperately need the toilet at 12.30 every day this week, all right? 12.30, and I want you to pray. Maybe get into groups in your office. Maybe pray. I think, hey, what a remarkable thing if you told your boss, hey, at 12.30, our whole church is praying. And so, thanks, Sharon. I'm believing for 1,500 people to do this this week. 1,500 people. There's 1,440 minutes in a day, which means that's 24 hours of prayer going up to God persistently every day this week from Soul Church for the nation of the Ukraine. Now, who's in? Okay, this is something we can do. Some of you saying, what can we do? Well, this is step one. We can pray persistently. Stop whatever you're doing just for one minute and pray. By the way, if you can't do 12.30, do 1 o'clock. Okay, God will be okay. <laughs> choose persistent prayer over impulsive prayer. Number two, choose passionate prayer over passive prayer. Jonah is in the belly of a big fish dying of acid reflux. I mean, just think about that a second, okay? It's not just a nice kid story. He actually went in a belly of a big fish for three days. I mean, just the smell. Jonah 2.2 says, Jonah said, in my distress and deep trouble, it says, I asked God for help. No, no, no. It says, I cried out to the Lord and he answered me. Jonah didn't get in the fish and say a nice, calm, little, warm, passive prayer. Though I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord will help me sleep. Keep me safe from all my fears till morning light appears. Good night, Jesus. He didn't do that, did he? He said he cried out to the Lord and the Lord heard him in his distress. And sometimes we pray passive prayers to God. When was the last time, and I got challenged on this on Thursday as I was putting this together, when was the last time you cried out to God? 
cried out, God, save my children. I think God must be getting so bored with passionless prayers. Matthew 15, 8 talks about this. It says, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips. It says, but their heart is far from me. Their heart is far from me. This is what I learned from that scripture. God responds to prayers from the heart. God responds to prayers from the heart. God is, God is saying, when you talk to me, don't just speak to me from your head. Dear Lord, thank you for a lovely day. Thank you for a wonderful, wonderful time with the dog. Good night. Amen. God's like, well, what was that? Was that from your head or your heart? God is saying, when you talk to me, when you talk to me, tell me what is on your heart. And don't tell God what you think you should, he should hear. That's what you do with your spouse or your wife. It's like when your wife says to you, do I look good in these trousers? You have to think very carefully and cautiously. I've tried it. I, you know, oh, you look great, Chantel. You're just saying that. And I'm going to say, well, no, you don't look good. Then I'm, you know, I'm not eating dinner for three weeks. So you've got to think very carefully about your response. By the way, men, the right response to that question is you look good in everything. All right? Just to, just to help you with, say, so what is the right response? You look good in everything. But when was the last time, young people, we passionately cried out to God from our hearts? You know, in the, the word in the Bible for cry is the word lament. Lament. Lament actually means to cry and to complain. It's pretty cool, isn't it? I cried out to the Lord. This is what God wants you to do. He wants you to cry out your complaints to him. Now, what do we normally do? We normally cry out to complaints to everybody who can't help us. We cry out our complaints to Facebook, Instagram, everyone in the office. But direct cries from the heart to God. So when I read this and studied what this word lament means, to cry out and complain, I started getting angry about Vladimir Putin. And I started getting angry to God. And I said, God, this is what I said, God, remove this cowardly tyrant from power. And I actually got angry. And I think God was listening. I lamented to God. Do you know, of the, there's 150 Psalms in the book of Psalms. There's 150. And uh, one third, 50 of them are complaints. 50 of them are complaints, laments. In fact, there's a whole book, Lamentations. It's Jeremiah's complaints to God. God is more than happy. He let us have a whole book on complaints. Imagine going to the library. I want a book on complaints. I wonder what chapter two is about. No, 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 no. God is okay with lamenting from the heart. God would much rather we lamented than said a polite, polished little prayer before we went to bed. If you're mad, it's okay. God is good with that. So you've got to choose persistent prayer over impulsive prayer. Passionate prayer over passive prayer. Number three, choose prayer anywhere over prayer nowhere. Some of us were waiting to get to church today to pray for the people of Ukraine. And I think that's fantastic we get to pray together today. But the environment is actually irrelevant. What's important is the heart. 
David said in Psalm 63, 1, it says, You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. He said, even on my, he said, even on my bed, I remember you. David prayed on his bed. He wasn't in the temple. Peter prayed as he was sinking into the sea. Daniel prayed as he went into the lion's den. Jonah prayed in the belly of a whale. Jesus prayed as he hung on the cross. David prayed in a field full of sheep. What does this tell me? It tells me it's not about the environment we're in, the situation we're in. It's simply about the heart. So here's what I want us to do as well. The first thing is persistent. And we can pray passionately over passively, but then we can pray anywhere over somewhere. So anywhere you are this week, anywhere you are this week and suddenly you hear something about the Ukraine, I want you just to, it's, that is the Holy Spirit's nudge to pray. Chantal and I were running this week and we just stopped and we prayed for the people of the Ukraine. I want us to literally just offer up prayer anywhere this week. We're, we're going to pray passionately in church, heartfelt prayers for the next few weeks. But I want us, until this conflict's over, but I want us to when the Holy Spirit, what about every time the news comes on, just put it off and then before you put it back on, God, right now, I come to you, I cry out to you for the people of Ukraine. Hear their prayers. We pray, Father, you turn this situation around. We speak light into darkness. We pray for Pastor Yuri and his family. You protect them. Father, we need, and suddenly, suddenly we're praying anywhere rather than just somewhere. I woke up on Thursday evening or Friday morning early and I had the image of the parent, and, he, and I don't know if you saw it, getting on a train and being torn away from that little girl in the pink jacket, and my heart was breaking. And I woke up like David on my bed, and I said, God, I want to do something. I'm a fixer. Is anyone fix? Who's a fixer out there? I'm a doer. I, I want to get involved. And God said, I want you to pray. And I started to pray for that dad and that little girl. I said, God, just help them, protect them. And so all we have at the moment is prayer, then use what we have. Walk and pray, run and pray, work and pray, cycle and pray. Whatever you do this week, let's pray. Okay, so choose persistent over impulsive. Choose passionate over passive. Choose prayer anywhere over prayer, nowhere. Number four, choose dedicated prayer over distracted prayer. Dedicated prayer. Now this, is, this is really critical. I know way over time. God help me. The very things that are often distracting us from praying are the very things that we want to see change. Let me explain. I want to see my business improve so much, but I'm working so hard so I have no time to pray. I want to see my kids grow in the things of God, but I'm trying to serve their needs and work them so hard and help them and bless them so much I've got no time to pray for them. I'm working so hard right now to fundraise for the new building but I haven't got time to pray. So the very things that are often distracting us from praying are the very things that we need to see change. This is a big takeaway for today. If you're writing notes, take this down. The way to start praying is to stop doing. Coming from a doer. The way to start praying is to stop doing. This is why at 12.30 I've been really deliberate just to drop tools. We're just going to drop tools. We can all give up a minute. Who'd agree? We can all sacrifice a minute of our day for the nation of Ukraine. And Psalm 19, verse 14 says, Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable 
in your sight. What's David saying again? He's saying, I want you to, when you pray, I want you to meditate on things. Number five, and finally, as the team come back, this is a bit of a mouthful of a, of a point, but I want you to grasp hold of it. Choose gratitude in advance prayers over gratitude solved prayers. Let me unpack this. If I thank God after he has helped me, he's healed me, he's helped me get through my exams, that is called gratitude. And let me tell you, that is good. Ten lepers were healed, one came back in thankfulness. Thank you, God, for solving my problem. Thank you, God, for getting us through COVID. Thank you for getting me the job. God loves gratitude. But if I thank God in advance for what he's going to do, that is not gratitude, that is faith. And the Bible does not say that gratitude pleases God. It says faith pleases God. So when we pray, we are praying gratitude in advance for what he's going to do. Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So while I am discouraged, thank you, God, that you are bringing me through. It's not just a prayer of gratitude. It's a prayer of faith. While I am single, thank you that my wedding day is coming. While I am lonely, thank you, God, that my friendship circle is growing. So you begin to thank God in advance for what he's going to do, and it builds faith into your life. I began to thank God last night in my bed. I said, thank you, God, that there will be dancing in the streets of the Ukraine. I literally saw the Ukrainian flags and thousands of people dancing on the streets. They might be occupied right now, but I began to thank God in advance for what he's going to do. See, anybody can thank God when the conflict's over. Anybody can thank God when they're healed. Anyone can thank God when they've got the job that they've always wanted. But it takes a man and woman of faith to thank God in advance. See, this is how we pray. Faith-filled prayers move mountains. So when I choose gratitude in advance, I choose faith. So we come to God and we say, God, I don't know how to pray right now. God responds, I want you to choose persistent prayer over impulsive prayer. I want you to choose passionate prayer over passive prayer. I want you to choose prayer anywhere over prayer nowhere. I want you to choose dedicated prayer over distracted prayer. And I want to choose gratitude and advanced prayers over gratitude, soul prayers. Amen. Amen. I pray you've received the word today. Would you stand? And I just wanted just to, online as well, do we have any Ukrainians or friends of you, friends with family in that region? We want to pray for you. If there's anyone specifically from the Ukraine here today, we'd, you might not want to make yourself known, but make yourself known to one of the team afterwards. But I want us to pray right now we're gonna we i'm gonna ask the team we're gonna film this moment and we're gonna send this prayer to the church in ukraine but i just want i want us to put what we've just learned or maybe even relearn because we can forget things i want us to put this into action is that okay i want us to pray right now from the heart we're going to pray for pastor yuri and his church we're going to send this prayer to him 
uh, we prayed in chapel and I sent it to him. He prayed it to it, played it to his, to his staff this week. We're going to send this to his whole church. I want them to know that the church in Norwich, England, are praying for them. And so, but I want them to see a passionate church because their spirits are low. And when they see Christians, okay, all over the world praying for them, they get sent videos, it lifts their spirit because they feel like people are standing with them together. And so I want you to pray and I want you to believe God. We're going to send this over to Him. We send forth the Word of God into that situation. So you pray right now. Come on, we're going to pray in advance. We're going to pray. Come on, we're going to pray dedicated prayers. We're not going to be distracted in this moment. Hallelujah. Pastor Yuri in the church in Ukraine, we want you to know right now there are hundreds of people in this room, men, women, children, and we are praying for you, students, young people. We love you today and we are standing with you and we are crying out to God. We are praying prayers of passion. We are thanking God in advance for what He's going to do. He's going to release your nation back into your hands in Jesus' name. We declare peace over you, Pastor Yuri. We declare the sovereignty of heaven over your church. We thank you that your church is going to advance in this, Father God. That your church is going to burst at the seams. You are going to see countless thousands of people find Jesus as their Savior. There will be a great revival on the streets of Kiev and on the streets of every city in the Ukraine. We send our love. We send our prayer. We send, Father God, the strength of heaven to you as you lead right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're going to thank Him for what He's done. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. I really feel like that song is not actually an historic song about the past. It's actually a prophetic song. And some of you need to sing that song with faith. Because we can all thank God for what he's done. I can say thank you, Lord, for even, a, even an atheist will say thank you, God, we're not in lockdown. So I don't know what you're facing. I want to bring this back to you. But I want you to sing six months in advance, 12 months in advance. I want you to sing with your husband by your side who's not yet saved. I want you to sing with your children around you. I want you to sing as healthy. I want you to sing as free from that addiction. I want you to sing with the job that you've been dreaming of. I want you to sing with your business further down the road. I want you to sing this for what he's done. Come on, I want you to sing it in faith. Come on, right now, this is a faith moment. What he's done, hallelujah. The church is not a passive. The church is active, eh? And uh, let's keep speaking life to all our friends in Ukraine as well. Hey, one of our core values here at Soul Church is that we bring people to Jesus. And um, I don't know, maybe it's your first time here, maybe you've been brought along, but we always want to extend an invitation for you to make Jesus your Savior. The Bible clearly shows that we need a Savior, that we've all fallen short. And it's not through works that we can get right with God, but it's through the blood of Jesus. That 2,000 years ago, He died on the cross so that we could have a right standing with God. And maybe today you're thinking, I haven't got a relationship with Jesus. And that's okay, because we'd love to give you the opportunity to have a relationship from this day forward. So I'm going to ask every single one of you to close your eyes and just bow your heads in a moment of privacy, but also in a moment of reflection. And to ask yourself that question, who is Jesus to you? Is He 
purely a historical figure. Maybe you think he's a myth. Or maybe you know that he is the way, the truth, the life. That no one can come to the Father except through Jesus. And if today you're saying, I need a Saviour to forgive me of all the times I've got it wrong, for all of my sin, for all of my mess. When I count the three, I'd love you to respond to that invitation. So one, Jesus loves you. Two, you cannot get right with God through works. It is simply through the blood of Jesus. Three, if you want to make a decision today to follow Jesus, just slip up your hand, just high enough so I can see it. So I know who I'm praying for today and I'd love to lead you through that prayer. Hey, that's awesome. That's amazing. Many people here responding to Jesus today. Come on. I've got a prayer that we're going to put up on the screen and uh, should we say it together? Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me to forgive all my sin and failures so that I can have a brand new start. Please come into my life and help me by the power of the Holy Spirit to trust and live for you. Amen, amen. Come on, let's give every single person who made that decision a round of applause. Hey, it's the greatest decision you've ever made and uh, it's a journey you're gonna go on. And we're so excited. Um, to be on that journey with you but we want to help you and the first way we're going to do that is by giving you a gift it's the bible and um, we'd love to equip you with it and uh, so after the service head out through the doors and see some people that are holding these above their heads and i'd love to not only give this into your hands but also um, to get you involved in maybe a connect group maybe a, uh, an alpha course a place where you can ask them the questions and um yeah, keep encouraging you to go on this journey. So once more, let's give it up for every single person made that decision. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope to see you again soon. God bless.